0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Top Flag Time Machine, are going to be going on tour in early November. You will experience physical movement and emotional movement and so much more from both of us. Bow movement. Maybe there'll be a little bit of bowel movement. I can't promise it, but if that's what you're looking for, we can make it happen, probably. It won't be uh, one of those things where a podcast episode is recorded in a theatre. Fuck that. This is a proper show with um, songs and dancing and um, high moments of uh, exhilaration. So come along. Let's just quickly tell you where we're going to be. The 1st of November, we're in Brighton. 2nd of November, we're in... Nottingham. The third were in Leeds. The fifth were in Manchester. The seventh were in Glasgow. The eighth were in Newcastle. The ninth were in Birmingham. And the tenth were in London. (gasps) The capital. Mm. What Uh, a phenomenal. It's going to
2: be good. I think there's a few tickets left at most venues. It's going to be really exciting. It's called the Velvet Drain Bike Tour. It's going to be better than the last one, which is saying something because the last one was fucking amazing. Ask anyone who went. But this one, whoa, it's going to knock your cock off. Or
1: if you're a lady, it will knock off your boobs. Go to tftimemachine.com slash live shows to have a look at where you get tickets from.
2: There'll also be a chance to interact with us in an official capacity while we're on stage,
1: not after the show. In a very limited capacity. Come along, you'll love it. Here
2: we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it.
1: Yes, it's Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. Pa pa pa.
2: I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what?
1: Welcome along to the Yesterday's Heroes Odyssey. It's not Yesterday's Heroes. It's Yesterday's Hero. I'll start that again. Welcome to the Yesterday's Hero Odyssey. We are covering the 1979 hit film. I don't know if it was a hit film actually.
2: Well, I've, I've never, never heard, heard of it. Of it.
1: I'd never heard of it before. It came on Talking Pictures a few years ago, so perhaps it wasn't.
2: It, it, which um, is weird because, you know, it's important for me to say this at the beginning of every episode. This this is, in my opinion, the greatest football film ever made. Fictional football mm. film.
1: I mean, you and I grew up around the, let's call it, lad culture mm. of the mid-90s. Mm. And we worked, in, a, in, in we toiled in that industry ourselves. We profited I don't remember from this, it. We did. I don't remember this film ever being mentioned that often. So weird. Or it being a, one of so the touchstones.
2: The touchstones of the of the lad culture movies very much were from this film. Because even though it was the 90s, a lot of the people in charge of it were had grown up in the 70s. So things yes. like Get Carter, Long Good mm, Friday. Alfie. Alfie. <laughs> those kind of old films were the ones that people seemed to those- like, yeah.
1: Those magnificent men in their flying machines. <laughs> uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah. Uh, they, were, they, were all the, they were all the lad films. My Fair Lady. <laughs> 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. <laughs> but this, it's
2: really weird that it hasn't had more exposure because the premise alone is enough to make you think, fucking hell, this sounds interesting. Then you hear the cast mm. and then you think, wow. I think this might be good in a silly sort of way, and then you watch it and you are like, "No, this mm. is a bona fide classic." Mm. And I'll be honest, brace yourselves for this, men of a certain age. I think it pisses on Escape to Victory.
1: Uh, well, I think Escape to Victory is overrated anyway. I've never now, thought it is overrated, film.
2: but it's yeah. it's there is not many good fictional films it's... about football, so that's the one that always stands out, and because of its cast and everything. But well, this is a million yeah. times better.
1: Exactly, that was the thing because not only because you had like the cast that had, but it had players who were kind of like, um, current players like Paul Cooper and people like that, or who were just, yeah, who were just like jobbing players at the time at the top end of the game, but they weren't like, you know, it would be like like a film
2: now. The equivalent would be if they made a film now in which they'd probably not do it about. British soldiers versus the Nazis. They make a film now about the the British forces in Afghanistan having a football match against the Taliban, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And in the British team would be Messi, right? Mm-hmm. But also um, Phil Jason, Jagielka. Jason Statham and Harry Maguire.
1: I <laughs> said <That's laughs> Phil Jagielka, so, you know.
2: Yeah. And then Mark Wahlberg in goal. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Sounds good, doesn't it?
2: <laughs> it does sound good, actually, yeah.
1: Let's make it happen. But, um, yeah, yesterday's hero. Before we get back into the film, uh, there's a little diversion, a news story that cropped up this week or at the weekend. A uh, bit of cosmosy stuff. Suzanne Summers, who we haven't even got to in the film yet, who plays mm. Cloudy Martin. Great name. Um, I mean, I can't remember much about what she does in the film because it's four years since I've seen it all the way through. So uh, you're fresher to at than me, but you need to, why Martin, don't you
2: rewatch it, mate? What a treat!
1: I'm watching it in segments before we do these episodes. Oh, I never okay. get around to sit and watching it in one go. I should do that. I'll try and do that. It's only week. a short film. Yeah, I'll get. I'll do it on my treadmill. I watch stuff when I'm perfect. on my treadmill.
2: That is I'll perfect. I'll do that. It's a good
1: treadmill film
2: because you'll disappear into the world of yesterday's hero and not notice yeah. all of the calories you're burning.
1: Exactly, they'll just win, fall win. off with ease. So, here's the story from Deadline.com. Suzanne Summers, actress, author and spokesmodel, which is what she is now, well, Suzanne Summers, 74 years like ago. Us.
2: We're, act- we're actresses, authors and spokesmodels. And
1: spokesmodels, spokesmen. Hmm. Um, Suzanne Summers gently confronted a naked home intruder who appeared while she oh, was streaming a makeup gently. tutorial from her Palm Springs, California home. Um, 74-year-old Summers was on Facebook Live on Friday evening when the incident occurred. She paused during the, during the recording and told her nearby husband, Alan Hamill, that she'd heard strange noises off camera. Hamill assured her, it's just a frog.
2: <laughs> Good lad. <laughs> yeah,
1: Hamel's like, yeah, whatever. It's just a frog or something. I'm trying to watch Coronation <laughs> Street uh, here. Can you just can get your. place please
2: it? shut up Keep about it now? Down.
1: Just do, your, just do your makeup tutorial and then come back here because we're going uh, to watch an old episode of Lovejoy later on. <laughs> uh,
2: They're rerunning duty-free on Forces TV. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pamela Sheward is just a frog. Summers <laughs> turned to her left after hearing more noise and viewed the intruder, who remained off-camera during their conversation. The intruder was described in reports as near-naked oh what's he wearing then he's like just got
2: maybe a sock over his willy
1: jock strap something like that yeah Mm. maybe nipple tassels i don't know (laughs) uh it says summers was calm and spoke gently to the intruder so she's done well she's kept her shit together um she spoke gently to the intruder who said that he was terrified of something and he said i'm not even sure there were ghosts following me oh it's got ghosts in the story as well brilliant it's tailor-made for us got everything So he's terrified of ghosts that are following him. He's nearly naked. Uh, He described, he identified himself as Aaron Carpenter, uh, perhaps a a, a pseudonym for Jesus. Perhaps Mm. the same cupboard of Jesus. Who knows? And he asked Summers if she'd ever heard of him. Um, And he claimed to have been led to the Summers home by a friend. So again, echoes of Jesus, I think. Maybe,
2: or oh, guided by a star, bright guided star by in the star, sky.
1: Yeah, because California, so it might have been an actual star that took him there. Yeah. Uh, this prompted the intruder to claim that he was not a scary person whatsoever. Uh, Suzanne wow. Summers told him he seemed like a nice person, but he needed to leave. <laughs> oh, more, more Jesus vibes. He claimed to have brought the couple a gift, oh. but but both quickly declined. <laughs> I don't want your fucking gift, mate.
2: Thanks, but no. Hang on. Is it a frog? No. <laughs> yeah. Why would you ask? Oh, no, I just want sort to of explain why I thought I heard frog noises when you came in the house. <laughs> I'm still convinced, irrespective of, of you, which is an unexpected arrival, I'm still convinced there is a frog somewhere in this house. <laughs> Are you sure you didn't um, bring a frog in with you? <laughs>
1: have you got a frog in a box? right now or have you left one up the doorstep something like that cause I'm sure I can hear one it's fine if you have because we've got a nice water feature out of the garden we can release it that, and then it'll be fine
2: probably absolutely fine. it'd be happy we, as Larry out there we,
1: we, we could draw a line under this you can go on your way we'll say no more about it Aaron if that's your real name and we'll get back to you know Suzanne's doing a tutorial she wants to get that finished She's I'm sitting here with finger watching the box you know uh, life can go on
2: no, I um, do not have a frog, sir. Oh, all right, fine. Are you sure? You, you might have just come intru- from accident. You, it's not you who introduced the frog into the home, but a frog has been introduced.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I, will, a- I tell you what, I will fucking stand by that. Right.
1: <laughs> it's dark outside. There's every chance there was one near the door when you came in and it's coming with you. That can happen. I'm not blaming Sometimes- you for the frog.
2: Like, sometimes the very uh, resourceful ingenious ones can get in through the cat flap.
1: <laughs> I was stayed in an hotel in Florida, right, and a little <laughs> tiny baby would come up the plug hole in the shower. How? <laughs> I have got no idea to this day what it happened. I, I can
2: tell you, it gave me the shock of my life.
1: <laughs> so I just flushed it straight back down there again, because, you know, I didn't have to deal with it.
2: This is the actual environment. It's probably fine. It's an adventure, isn't it? <laughs> Every time a, a toilet gets flushed, you're sending a little froggy off on another adventure.
1: It's going like going down one of them, them whirly uh, slides that they like to go down. It's,
2: it's a fire. lot like Jamie his- and his magic torch. Do you remember yes. that? <laughs> By this stage, the intruder's like, I've got to fucking get out of here. <laughs> <This> bloke's <laughs> mental.
1: <laughs> I've got this horribly wrong. Yeah, well, that's what <laughs> happened. It, it said, uh, he clipped, have brought the couple of gifts, but both quickly declined. Uh, Aaron Carpenter then said, God bless you before leaving the property. Fucking now hell. Uh, An unflustered Summers then continued with her video. Uh, and then, at the end, it says police later caught up with the intruder and advised him not to trespass on private property, but no citation was issued. Wow. So he's got in their house, nearly naked, with a frog or without a frog, we're not sure.
2: <laughs> we don't know. Uh,
1: we don't know about that. And then the police have just gone, mate, you can't do that. You, you just can't do that, right?
2: <laughs> you know that's illegal, right? What? What is? <laughs> Going into other people's houses, semi-naked. What? Since when? I'm an American. But the
1: door was unlocked. It was like they wanted me to go in there. I
2: know my constitutional rights.
1: I know, mate. I know. Yeah, it seems obvious that's what you would do. But it's against the law. I mean,
2: in America, even in, was this California, right? Yeah. You can shoot someone dead if they come in your rig. Yeah. Yeah. So he yeah, got well, off lightly, didn't he? He just had I mean, to if, endure some frog chat and a makeup yeah, I mean, tutorial.
1: Alan Alan Hamill obviously doesn't have a gun, so uh, but he got keen interest in frogs. So that's what happened over the weekend. <laughs> Suzanne Summers, who of course is Cloudy Martin in yesterday's hero.
2: I tell you what, so, Cloudy Martin's such a great character name. So much that I always thought like um, Jackie Collins, by the way, mm-hmm. who wrote this film. I always had a a, a slightly sniffy, snobby attitude towards the works of Jackie Collins, right? Mm. Because I thought, oh, it's trash and it's all like... I just sort of imagined it, maybe because of her sister, as like all being a bit like Dynasty, right? Mm. And it all being completely far-fetched, synthetic stories about the love lives of the rich and famous and all of that. There's so much grit and authenticity in this. I mean, if someone told me Clement and Lafrené fucking wrote it, I'd have believed them, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And if, fact, someone down, if someone were to put down, if someone would to put down two books in front of me now, one of them was by Jackie Collins and one was by let's say Gabriel Garcia Marquez, yeah, I would, I'd read the Collins.
2: Well, this is what I'm saying, right? Because I'm like, you, the There's a whole, there's a whole world of Jackie Collins books out there that I've never gone near, right? But watching this film, uh, I'm thinking, fucking hell, They want reading, don't they? All of them. Mm future deep dive potential.
1: <laughs> we could literally do this until we're as yeah, old as Jack, Alan Jackie Collins,
2: although, although, as I say, I've been sniffy about reading her books before, I've always had this hunch that Jackie Collins was absolutely marvellous. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Now there's yeah. a woman who was living out loud.
1: I've just found they've now added a YouTube video of the incident where oh. Suzanne Summers is deals with the Frogman, So we'll uh, we'll tweet that out. I'll have it's to watch that properly later on. <laughs> Is there a frog in here or what? Oh it's a fella
2: Shall I get it's the terminator? No oh, no it's just a frog. I'm not gonna I don't need the terminator for the fucking frog. It'll just I make could, its own way out to the garden.
1: I, I, I could catch it in my cupped hands and put it in the garden. I've problem.
2: done it, I've done it loads of times before.
1: I've done it smash smashing up with a hammer or a bat
2: that'd be horrible <laughs> horrible to see a smashed I'm frog not a
1: monster <laughs> uh, so there we are um, <laughs> I'm just flicking through and some of her facial expressions in this are incredible <laughs> he turns to the camera at one point and her eyes widen probably in just disbelief at what's going on and then I think we see a little bit of Alan Hamill at the side <laughs> This is great. I'll have to watch that later on. Um, So, uh, yeah, we'll crack on now with the uh, the film. Where are we at in the film? Where are we at in the film? Indeed, Uh, we're at the bit um, where Rod Turner, the hero, Ian Lovejoy, is. um, He's in the working men's club with uh, his dad. It's his his Sunday lunchtime tradition. Meets (laughs) his his dad for a quick pint. And his dad's mates are all sitting around um, all talking All being football, cunts. <laughs> talking, just, be, just doing man stuff. Doing just being man, doing cunts, man but in stuff. the
2: most lovely way.
1: Yeah. Um, and Sue from EastEnders is behind the bar. Um, so uh, Rod has bought five pints on a large scotch with a massive fiver. And then, inexplicably, the manager of the football team, Windsor, is it Windsor United or Windsor FC? Win- Windsor, yeah. He turns up. In the working men's club as well. So, in this working men's club, you've got the star player and Mm. the manager having a bevy on a Sunday lunchtime. Yeah.
2: But maybe it's just, you know, that's the place where they all go. That's not. And in those days, like there were pubs in the East End where all the West Ham players, like in the 70s, used to just meet every week. Yeah. They'd just Mm. be there. Like, you know, they wouldn't arrange it. You'd just be in the Black Lion, Plasto. On a Sunday, yeah. having a fucking roast and loads and loads of alcohol.
0: Jalapeño. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jalapeno. Bobby
1: Moore and Martin Peters ended up doing an advert for pubs, didn't he? Yeah, they did, that. Yeah. Use your local. Yeah, great. That's on, um, that's on uh, YouTube now. Do you know who put that on what? YouTube? I put it on YouTube. Did you? So, oh, well done, like, mate. 10 years any, ago, Any
2: yeah. advert for a generic Good or service is something that I'm a fan of. Yeah, you know, when it's just like drink milk, you cunts.
1: Yeah, do you know what The, I mean? the other classic, of course, is all the all the superstars that did have cream cakes.
2: Yeah, go on, exactly. Have a fucking cream cake. Have you a cunt. fucking cream cake for fuck's sake. <laughs> fucking relax Yolo. and
1: have a cream cake.
2: Yolo, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> but. So, <laughs> and then, like, you know, you have Bernie Winters and Lionel Blair in the 80s. Did that advert work for carpet? Put carpet <laughs> on your floor. It'll make it warmer and nicer to walk about on. <laughs> this commercial was issued by the Carpet Association of Great Britain and Ireland.
1: Are you what? Are you hot right now? Open a window. Do you the world <laughs> of good?
2: <laughs> this is a government... This is a government sponsored information film.
1: From For the, the Home fresh Office. air. The, the uh, fresh air
2: UK Federation. The government's open window campaign.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> You've got to understand that in the 70s no one was opening their windows and people were dying left, right, and centre from <laughs> inhaling stale air. So it was Callahan's government said, look, we've got to do something about this. We've got to get some celebrities involved.
1: <laughs> When you're indoors, take your coat off. Otherwise, you'll not feel the benefit when you go out.
2: (laughs) I fucking love adverts like that. They don't do it anymore because nothing's the responsibility of the government, apart from COVID.
1: Yeah, it's come back in a big way with COVID, hasn't it? Mm. But I mean, you know... But those ads are shit. They should get more
2: celebrities. They have these ads for COVID, right, that'll have a picture of some old geezer who doesn't... He just seems a bit old, but not like Mm. particularly. He was just an an old man. And it just Mm. says... Look him in the eye and tell mm. him you are not bending any rules. Mm. And I'm like, what? Don't fucking tell me what to do. What's it? He doesn't want me to fucking look him in the eye. So I don't see an old come on the street and go up <laughs> to him and go, excuse me. And then look him in the eye, which is sort of a little bit of an affront to anyone.
1: Well, it's also I against am not the rules. I'm
2: bending the rules on Covid. It's against the
1: rules anywhere unless you're two meters away from him.
2: Exactly. You can transmit it via the eyeballs anyway, if you look too yeah. directly at something.
1: Laser vision. you got to do yeah. it on Zoom, I think, if you're going to look it them should. in the eye. What
2: they should do is get some celebrities. We'll do it. Mm. Mm. We'll want yeah. pay- uh, Although it is a public service, we will still want paying, just in case Pretty Patel, you're listening to this and you're yeah. interested. But yeah. we yeah, are I'll, influencers.
1: We'll, we are, very much so. We'll do anything positive. we we'll
2: would do it. We'll music. do it on Zoom.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Mac who is the boss of the team. He comes in. And of course, in the previous episode, they were on the bus heading back from the match and he had a meeting with the board the next mm. morning and he suspected he was going to get knew. the sack because they'd lost a load of games. And he comes in, he says, I was right. It's the elbow. So he's, he's been sacked by the club. First thing he does is go to the working men's club and tell tell Rod Turner. Um, <laughs> he goes no through a game of snooker. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs>
2: That'll cheer <laughs> you know, me up. <laughs>
1: No no statement via the League Managers Association on their website or anything like that that they nah. do now. He just goes for a pint and a game of snooker. What
2: but he's got something. He's got something. Oh, no. Rod has got something potentially lined up which Mac wants in on.
1: They yeah, discuss jo- that, don't they? Georgie Moore is in town from America. Yeah. And he's looking to sign some new players. It's really taking off over there, he mm. says. Uh, I can't remember if it's Rod or Mac that says that.
2: No, I think it's Rod. Um, so is Georgie it- Moore, who they used to know from the old days, I think he's yeah. an ex-footballer, he's got heavily involved in the American Soccer League and he's yeah. over here trying to recruit. And And Rod's placing quite a lot of hope at this stage of the film on that opportunity. Because he's thinking, oh, yeah. I, I need to do something. This fucking Windsor job's not going to last forever and it's not paying that well either.
1: I mean, again, this is another blatant George Best reference, isn't it? Jackie Collins mm. will have been living... In uh, I I imagine Jackie Collins lived in Bel Air, yeah, wherever probably. that is. You yeah. hear about that a lot, you heard about that a lot in Hollywood in the yeah. old days. Yeah. Bel Air mansion, Bel-Air. they all lived yeah, in. in a yeah. Bel
2: Air mansion,
1: and a neighbour would
2: have been like on one side Dudley Moore, yeah, and, and on the other side <laughs> Faye Dunaway,
1: <laughs> yeah, and George have been down the pub every day. Yeah, right?
2: the Cat and uh, Fiddle. Yeah. I've been in that pub. That is the pub where they oh, all... Oh, is it? In those days... I, I went there in the 90s. No, it's not in Bel-Air. It's uh, it's in, like, Hollywood. in on, like, I don't know if it's on Sunset or something like that. Uh, do you know so, it's
1: not in Bel-Air? Do you know where Bel-Air is?
2: Yeah, I think in Bel-Air, you've got to drive up in the hill, hills a bit, I think.
1: Oh, it's in the hills,
2: so, is it? Bel-Air is a residential area, like a fancy residential area. I don't know where, what is part it, of it is. It, is it
1: near Laurel Canyon? That's up there in the hills probably, as well, isn't
2: it? Probably, yeah. <laughs> Next Beverly door, Hills, Laurel Canyon. Laurel Canyon, all that. But this is like in one of the main drags, there's a pub called the Cat and Fiddle. Right. And um, that is where, you know, your Rod Stewart's of this world and all the other expats used to go and watch the football.
1: I was going to say that's obviously been set up by an expat then because that's a very British pub name, isn't it? Oh, it's a very British pub. I
2: went there once and when I was in there, uh, I've told this story before. I was talking to this expat bloke who was sort of a friend of my brother's and it, there was something that I felt was slightly sleazy about him, which you often find with expats anywhere in the world. There's something a bit suspicious. Yeah, yeah. And I was chatting to him, and it was the middle of the day, right? And um, he went, oh, excuse me a minute. And he went off. He was wearing a suit, a tan suit. And he said, i just got to go to the loo. And he went off. And when he came back, his breath smelled of vomit. And he carried on talking to me <laughs> ten to the dozen in a way that made me feel like he'd taken cocaine And I glanced at the lapel of his tan suit and there was flecks of what was clearly vomit. And I thought, this mad cunt, he's giving me the old, I'm living the glamorous Los Angeles lifestyle. Look at me. This is great. I'm living the dream. But it's midday, mate. And you have just gone to the toilet, thrown up and then done a line of gack and come back talking to me. A a 19-year-old imbecile, which is what I was.
1: He's he's nipped off for a, a quick puke and a toot. And they come back.
2: Yeah. A puke and a two and everything's <laughs> fine. A puke and a two every time. That's my design for life. I'm an expat. Here's my why.
1: <laughs> oh, we see to have a musical in the offing here, eh, Sam. <laughs> the expat,
2: it's called, exclamation yeah. mark. Another thing that happened in that, I always remember being in the cat and fiddle for that. And he was with an outrageously attractive woman who was American. Right. right? Yeah. And that, in LA, it, it was, because this was my first time there, and it was clear to me that, that, you know, it's true what they say, like, everyone's more attractive, because every, like, beautiful person in mm. America, and indeed a lot of the rest of the world, gravitate there, right?
1: Because mm.
2: that's where they think that they look so And the, the
1: gene pool gets stronger, and they all yeah, breed exactly. with each other. So and create, this woman that he's hanging children. around with,
2: yeah. as part of his kind of... You know, it was one of the accoutrements of this sort of lifestyle he was trying to show off about. Was right?
1: was was puking a toot a beautiful man himself? Uh, Having fallen no, on hard times,
2: no, I, I wouldn't say he was like. I mean, if you put Tom Selleck as probably the world's most beautiful man. He wasn't anywhere yeah. near that level, but no. he w- neither was he. You know, as ugly as I don't know Peter Beardsley, right? Right. So he so was maybe fine. He's like
1: Dan Aykroyd level.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Exactly. That's really well judged. Without seeing him, it's incredible how well you judge that. He's about Dan (laughs) Aykroyd's level of attractiveness. But she was, like, stunning. And I was a 19-year-old, and um, I was kind of, you know, absolutely stunned by even being in the presence of a woman who looked like a woman in a Hollywood film.
1: Yeah.
2: But she was just in a pub with us, right? So... I got talking to her separately. I think my brother was talking to Puke and a toot, right? And I got yeah. talking to her, but I was proper like, oh my god, I can't even handle it. <laughs> She's just like the most beautiful person I've seen. She's just chatting to me normally in a pub. <laughs> so she started talking about music. And I was yeah. like,
1: Yeah, I'm really into music. I know all about music.
2: Now here's my chance, I thought, to prove to her that I am really cool.
1: She's yeah. gonna want to get off with me and everything.
2: Yeah, she's gonna. I'm gonna have a great opportunity here. At the time, this has been in '94 because we were there for the World Cup. Uh, I guess it was the era of the sort of there was a British acid jazz type movement that was quite big that I was really into, right? Um, and one of the bands were called Us Three. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember them, yeah, yeah, and they did that song Cantaloupe. Right? Yeah. Which was, so they, and that was like a cool song and a cool band to be into, mm. right? It was like, I don't, I mean, I haven't listened to them in years, so they probably weren't as good, but at the time it was definitely one that you would sort of like, yeah, could got the newest so she says, so you're from London, that's so cool. And I'm thinking, yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> thinking, yeah, she probably thinks I live, like, on Piccadilly Circus and yeah. drive a fucking E-type jazz. I live yeah. in the fucking suburbs of West London, mate. Right, And I'm like, yeah, really good. And she went, so what kind of music are you into? There's a great acid jazz scene there at the moment. I, yeah, yeah, I'm really wow. into that. That's what I'm into, yeah. Well, those bands are sort of on the same scene that I'm on. Right. They like, some of them were from West London, but you know, obviously had never met any of them or anything. Mm. And she went, and I've never forgotten this. And I actually told my wife it once. And she was in hysterics because even she, who's a good wife and would you say, it's not that embarrassing. Why, why has that lived with you? She laughed so much that she even told my daughter and they both laughed (laughs) at me for ages about
1: it. Bracing myself for this. It's not that bad.
2: But I (laughs) said, she said, so you must know us three. And I went, oh, Of course. Brilliant <laughs> album of the year, mate. Right, and she went. They're such a great band. I love them. And I said, I love them too. And then there was a pause where it seemed like it was an opportunity for me. She thought that I had extra insight because I think they were a British band. Yeah. And I thought, right, here's where I have to say something that makes me sound worldly, wise, sophisticated, cool, <clears throat> and ultimately sexually attractive. Yeah. And I went, yeah. What I really like about them is that. And I looked at and cocked my head and went. They've got a sense of (laughs) humour. What? What the fuck? What does that mean? No, they didn't. I don't know whether they did or not. I don't know where it came from. But as soon as (gasps) I said it, I was like, oh, my God. What did Did I say say that for?
1: How did that come out of my mouth? But amazingly,
2: because she was Californian and you get sort of quite a lot of you know, dizzy pretentiousness there. She sort no. of looked back at me really since then and went, you know what? You're so right. And that is so important. <laughs>
1: so were I mean, I'm anyway. so sure I didn't get off with her, but you were, I both playing, with, we were both playing bullshit tennis, basically with each other, weren't you? I mean, just saying words that meant nothing.
2: I've never fucking forgotten it. I thought it's an opportunity. Yeah. The great thing about them is they've got a sense of humor. Probably said it yeah. in that voice, but you know, you live and learn, don't you?
1: You do, you do. You were young. It's fine. Don't mm. worry about it. You still remember it now, but that's okay. Um, So, Mac has got the sack. Uh, George Moore is in town from America. Uh, and, of course, this was 79 when, of course, the NASL, as it was, was big business. The American Soccer League, it all collapsed a couple of years later. But all the players, the faded stars went over there, didn't they? You even got players from kind of like the First Division would go over there in the summer. And playing the league. Yeah, I know you mentioned in Roy of Race of
2: the 70s as well. If yeah. you if you read the which we will eventually the 70s, so there's a whole thing where he goes and plays for an American soccer team in yeah. the summer break. A few of them did it
1: just mm. for the cash over the summer. Um and then Rod borrows a fiver off of Mac, which is his, the fiver that he's just bought just the been drinks sacked. With. Yeah, Doesn't borrowed give a, fuck. a fiver off him and Max says I can never work out what happened to all that money you made and then it's almost like that classic George Best line because Rod says oh it went tax man, women hangers on cars, clothes and uh, Max says you should cut down on the booze you'd be a damn sight better player and uh, Rod says what with the kindergarten that we play with
2: (laughs) that doesn't really make
1: a lot of sense but um, there you go so that's where that scene ends and then Rod disappears off, but we'll cover the next scene in the next episode because we've run out of time. Have we? But, Bloody uh, hell, that was quick. Yeah, we have. Well, we did a Quite bit of the, the frog chat stuff. about and then, uh,
2: my time in LA.
1: Yeah, we've, we've probably covered about 75 seconds of the film there, I think. But that's yeah. all right. You know, like I always say, there's no rush. We're not going anywhere. Uh, that's it from this one. we are back one more next week. Thank you very much and farewell. Goodbye, everyone, and good luck.